Ladies and gentlemen, the reality show that isn't. It's time for Take Him With You. listening to the Take Him With You podcast. And today is episode number 172 for the big month of May 2012. Oh, and it's the 20th. Isn't it? I'm not sure. Your, I think it is. Your um, calendar's covered up by your new nifty Yeah, well, we'll talk curtains. about that in a minute. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And you're listening to the Take Him With You podcast. And uh, here we are one more time. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a good show today. We're going to we're continuing on in our series Sunday Cool, and we're going to be in the second chapter of Ruth this week, and that should be fun. And then I've got some other cool things to talk about uh, technology wise, which will be kind of fun. And let me see. Oh, and I'm also uh, going to be working on a uh, a fun pa- podcast with my friend Chris from Florida. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have other things to talk about, eh? Yeah, my daughter started, our daughter, mm-hmm. started a new job at a cool coffee shop in Westport. So if anyone's up in the Northwest vacationing in Westport, she probably will be there quite a few weekends. Okay. So that'll be fun. Okay. We can talk about that. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. Stick around. Do you ever wish you could go back in time? Join me on Out of Range Podcast, and you almost can, when I rediscover childhood favorites from TV, movies, toys, comic books, and much more. The usually irregular, but always entertaining geeky media show, Out of Range, can be found at dangelous.com slash outofrange. Search for Out of Range in iTunes, or the podcast app of your choice. So, what's going on around the Moyer household? Let's find out. Here's Rick and Amy. So, uh, how's it going? Doesn't that sound good? Mm. Who are you talking to? You. Oh. Who else would I talk to on our podcast? Um, I don't know. Are you recording? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is odd. You're you're eating and, and pouring Diet Pepsi, and I think you probably should rewind this and start this over. Nah, it's fine. No. So what's going on? 
Um, well, I'm, I'm waiting to actually record our podcast. So here like we are right here. We're doing it right now. Start it over. What's going on around our house? Uh, well, um, today, I mean, this last week I worked every day, worked in Raymond for two days and, um, worked all over. Um, then today I was hoping to go to a... Um, garden nursery but I've done three loads of laundry and a couple loads of dishes and um, then we got a call that um, my daughter sprained her ankle at work so um, she tripped over a, a stool thingy or behind the counter and hurt her ankle so we ended up she couldn't drive home <coughs> with a sprained ankle because it was her right foot that you know used the gas pedal and brake with so you and i drove out in our car so that i could drive her oh, home. we took jade with us and jade got to go you know i'm surprised we should have gone to the beach but Catherine probably wouldn't want to let go of the beach with a sprained ankle because it was hurting so we brought her home and i've got her on the couch with an ice pack jade no Catherine. Uh. She was on our, our couch, though, a little while ago and got in trouble for that. But Jade's laying on the floor by us while we podcast mm-hmm. right now. Is she? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she likes to help us podcast. Nice dog. Mm-hmm. So you and Andrew did something kind of exciting um, yesterday, Friday. Yeah, we had lunch together. And you also... Um, constructed this thing that I'm trying not to be claustrophobic about. Um, well, I don't know if people can hear the difference, but uh, I have a soundproof room now. Yes, you do. A lot better than it was. Well, not totally soundproof because I think that I hear my chair squeaking. Well, that's because it needs oil <laughs> or something on it. But, um, but yeah, it's supposed to block out the sounds it, from... It is supposed to? Well, the soundproofing is supposed to block out the sounds. And, and what the soundproofing is, is our good friend Jen from the nom- Anomaly. Can, can you say that? It's a hard word to say. Anomaly podcast. Anomaly. I'm going to make a song for them. I'm going to make a song for them to the Monomonop song called Anomaly. What do you think? Anomaly. Anomaly. Well, I'm a little annoyed by it. I wonder they probably would be too if you <laughs> probably. Are. So so anyway, you and Andrew, while I was working down in Raymond, he had the day off work because he was working four tens this week. So he had Friday off, and you put him to work here, and uh-huh. you constructed all these cool devices to hang. Um, I didn't construct them. We well, bought them at Home Depot. Well, yeah, but you had to. We have like bicycle hooks on the wall with one huge wooden pole above the window to put these curtains with the shower curtain rod. They're 11 pound curtains. Yeah, so we got these big stainless steel. Thick soundproofing curtains. We have these big stainless steel curtain ring things um, like you would put on a shower curtain. curtain. They look kind of spacey. They look kind of cool. Yeah, whatever. And um, I don't care how it put up. It just works. We, You guys hung those and then then there was a beam because our, our studio used to be a garage and there was this big beam across the room where I think the um, garage door used to go on tracks. So um, <laughs> so we had this big beam there. So Andrew put shower rods 
um, shower curtain rods there and um, then again the the shower curtain rod things <laughs> onto the the grommets on the curtains and so it cost about $300 maybe a little bit more yeah about $350 I guess to soundproof to the room. soundproof the room and hopefully we're hoping that during the summertime when all the neighbor kids are screaming and everyone's mowing their lawn every other day and weed whacking that we might have less of the sound going on inside my studio which would be great mm -hmm. so we were trying our goal was to get this done before school was out and i'm not quite done because where my uh, pc sits mm -hmm. um, it needs a curtain around it as well mm -hmm. and that will block the sound of the fans from the pc and then we should be Pretty much, it's a nice dead room when you walk into it now. It's just but there's, the, the there's no thing, echo at all. The main thing are the little kids screaming outside, which we love the little kids, but not their screaming so no, much when we're no, trying to record. No. It doesn't yeah. work, especially when the neighbor's mowing their lawn. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was great. And so thank you to, to my son for helping me put all that stuff up. Mm -hmm. We're not quite done with everything. We still have a few things to do with it. But uh, so far, the main part's done. Yes. And uh, you gag when you come into the room because you don't like the smell of the curtains. Um, it has a slight formaldehyde smell, and I'm kind of sensitive to those those huge chemical smells. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to do about that other than I'm hoping that it'll be done with its off-gassing in the next decade or so. Off-gassing? That's what you call it. You know, like if you buy a vinyl shower curtain... Seriously, it, it it's called off gassing. Yes. Wow. Well, why'd you? I I'm still off gassing, <laughs> and I'm forty. What? How old am I? Well, that's from what you eat, not from oh. what you're made. Well, I guess that is kind of what you're made of. How How old am I? You're forty six. I'll be forty seven on my birthday coming up. Yeah, you never remember how old you are. Not it's anymore. Kind of I don't. Scary. I used to. I, I I lost track after about forty. Yeah. Because I knew, you know, that's kind of a significant birthday, mm -hmm. and then I just don't remember now. Yeah. How old I am? So that's how it is. That's how it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, anything else exciting happened for you this week? Um, boy, I just I should really write write notes, shouldn't I? You should. Um, you know, I I pretty much. You don't just remember any. You're, you're not remembering anything, are you? I just kind of worked a lot this week. Anything I'm... technology happened for you that you that you learned technology wise or did something cool in the in the technology realms? Me? Yeah. Technology? Mm hmm Oh, oh, you know last week was Mother's Day, wasn't it? Yes it was. Uh, I'm sorry, it's such a crazy week. So yes, um for And I know it, you're not my mom, but I got you something. Yes, you did. You got me something pretty cool and i used it quite a bit for work this week you did oh, tell us what it is i you got me um was it motorola um wireless headset and it works pretty great it, it took me because i'm not the the smartest cookie in the cookie jar when it comes to technology i think it's the sharpest knife in the drawer okay um i'm just not Really, and I don't natural. agree with you, by the way. Ouch. Sorry, 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 everybody. You got the speaker too loud, your your microphone too loud. Um, it is a, a wireless 
headset and the only thing that I'm going to have you do which I keep I just forgot to ask you until right now in front of everybody is that you need to order me smaller earbuds because I have small ears and the earbuds kind of hurt because the earbuds are kind of big and it did say in the book that you could order different sizes okay. so well so we'll we need to order some smaller earbuds but all right, all right. it works really good especially when I figured out how to put it on properly because the other day I had it on backwards and I had my left earbud in my right ear and when I tried to turn up the volume I ended up just like fast forwarding the podcast <laughs> well cuz it has it has controls okay yeah there's controls on the ear and the right ear that has three little buttons and you have to kind of just feel around on the earpiece cyborg amy and it and if you touch the one of them it turns up the volume up and the other end the volume down and in the middle answers the phone wow so if i'm working away and i'm listening to a podcast or music or something or an audiobook and then the phone rings i just have to reach up and touch the middle button and I can talk on my phone. That's cool. Um, so, and I found a few little tricks about it that um, I'm going to probably need to get some kind of harness for it for to put it in because if I put it in my front pants pocket mm -hmm. or jacket pocket, it cuts in and out. So... Um, oh, your iPod? Um, the, iPhone? The, the headphones... Oh, the head? What? It cuts in and out if it's in your front pocket. It says that in the book. I wonder and, why. And I experienced that. So, um, That's weird. You just need to find the clip for it. Yeah, I, I have a clip for my phone, but then i got to figure out where to put the clip to make it not cut out. But, oh, you'll figure it out. Yeah, but Techno I... Techno lady, Bluetooth lady. I am figuring it out. It's just taking me some time, and one of the keys is to make sure the correct earbud is in the correct ear. Because otherwise you you turn the wrong thing, yeah. do the wrong things yeah. with the buttons on the ear. But it's a pretty cool um, piece of technology. And one of the reasons why I really liked it is because with my job, I'm moving around a lot. And I was constantly ripping headphones, earbuds apart, the cords apart, because yeah. um, I would get them caught on things. and Vacuuming and stuff. Yeah, and it would rip it out of my ears. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, and get torn out of the iPod, and I've even been known to um, cut through them with hedge clippers. Um, so now everybody yeah. has a Bluetooth device. Now I've got one, you've got one, Catherine has one. Except Andrew doesn't have one. We need to get him a Bluetooth for his car. Yeah, he he doesn't talk on his phone a lot. He does though. to me almost every day. Oh well, you know what I usually do if I'm in the car. Uh huh. I don't usually use the the ear the cordless uh, the, the wireless. I don't usually use the Bluetooth. I just set the phone on the seat next to me and use the speaker. And I think uh, that's probably what he uses too. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Well, the iPhones are loud enough for that. Not mm -hmm. all phones are like that, though. Yeah, I my old phones weren't loud enough. No. But the iPhones. That's one thing I really like about them is they have pretty good volume settings. Like. I could listen to a podcast going down the road uh -huh. on my um, iPhone, which I couldn't have done that even with the old iPods yeah. that I used to have. The Speaking of podcasts. 
Yes. Um, you know that we are on Stitcher Smart Radio. Yes, I do. Which is an app for your portable device, computer, whatever you have, that uh, automatically streams your favorite podcast right to your ears. Mm-hmm. And you can get it for free in the App Store or at the uh, Android Store or wherever. Mm-hmm. And you can download it and you can favorite your very own happy favorite list of podcasts. And now a bunch of our friends are on Stitcher as well that do podcasts. Yeah. And so today I happened to listen to uh, the Trek Mate podcast, which was really cool with my friends Wayne and others over in England. And they have some really cool stuff. And they, they just started a couple of brand new podcasts called The Ready Room. Or no, 10 Forward, sorry, 10 Forward. And the other one is called Previously in the Alpha Quadrant. And then I also noticed that our good friend Meds and Kel from the Waffle On podcast, Mm -hmm. they are now on Stitcher Smart Radio as well. And they just got done doing a brand new episode, which I listened to the entire episode and laughed and relived a bunch of memories because they covered the series of The Odd Couple. Uh, Do you remember that series? Oh, definitely. But what, Felix Unger? Yes, and I want to say Oscar. Oscar the Grouch, but it wasn't Oscar the Grouch. That was Sesame Street. Yeah. He was kind of grouchy, though. Felix and Oscar. They they That was, anyway, they covered that show, and uh, it was great. Walter Matthau played the, um, uh, the, the grouchy guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh gosh, Tony was it Tony Randall that played uh, Felix? I believe so. In the yeah. Uh, yeah, these now this is the TV show I'm talking about. Yeah, but, the uh, old TV show. They and, also talked about the and movie. Felix was a very Type A. Yeah. Um, um perfectionist. It was had to a great have everything show. perfect. A Neil Simon and uh, Oscar play was adapted. Was kind of a sloppy slob. Well, let me just recommend that people go listen to their podcast. Waffle On is really a cool show. It's just, you know what I love? We have so many cool friends like... Um, like we already um, talked about, uh, D'Angelis um, just got done editing his brand new one for the Out of Range podcast, which I believe is going to be on Stitcher Radio uh, as well, I think. Dan, are you on that yet? Anyway, mm-hmm. the new one that's coming out is all on the Rocky series. Uh, you know, I remember when we interviewed them on our podcast yeah. that they they were slowly watching all the movies yeah. as they had time, and then they were going to do talk a podcast. About well, they did, and he's edited it all up. I don't think it's out quite yet, but if it is, it is. If it is not, it's not. And, and Laura was going to help him. Yeah, she's on too. it too, and yeah. I sent in some comments about Rocky as well. Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be fun. But oh, uh, You need to edit that out. I can't do that. No, you're okay. You always want me to edit things out. You're so funny. Why? Everything. Why? Edit everything out. Jeez. You're crazy. So uh, also our good friends, um, uh, Jen and Angela, and mm-hmm. all the other anomaly ladies, mm-hmm. uh, their feed is now on Stitcher Smart Radio. And the, the folks that started it all off for us were Joyce and Al Kessel, mm-hmm. who do the Tales from the Mouse House. And they also have the Just Because podcast. And they also do uh, the Amazing Race Fast Forward podcast. Okay, I'm going to bring up another techie thing that's related to podcasts, but not exactly. Well, I'm not. Can I finish on the Stitcher Uh, radio? Okay. And then let me tell you my other geeky thing. All right. And they're going to start a brand new podcast coming up very soon that's going to be really exciting and I can't wait for it. And I can't wait for them to send me a promo, so I'll play it right here. 
on the Take Him With You podcast. Okay. So, so anyway, my uh, my other friend Greg, who has a uh, inappropriate conversations, is his podcast is mm-hmm. what it's called. Uh, recommended a show that he was listening to on. Uh, some type of public radio thing. Anyway, it was all it was on, on Stitcher Radio. Yeah, so I listened to that too. It's really cool because what you can do is you can go look at what your friends are listening to, mm-hmm. and then if you're interested in that, you can listen to that because it is we do have similar similar interests, mm-hmm. you know, in friendships and stuff. And so I can go listen to something I'd never have heard before, and I got a really big kick out of the the program that I listened to today that Greg recommended, and it was really good. So Stitcher Radio. Smart radio is mm-hmm. really cool. You go, you find it at stitcher.com, and uh, we are on there, and so are a bunch of our friends. And you should listen to it because it's really, really cool. Our friend Colin mm-hmm. is also on there from England, he does another Trek podcast. And they just did between they, they actually did some cross pollinating, and he mm-hmm. was on the Trek Mate podcast, and Trek Mate was on his podcast. Trek News and Views, and they interviewed uh, one of the organizers of Star Trek London, the big convention that they're having over there. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool, too. So it's just, it's a big happy family on Stitcher. Come join us. It's a lot of fun. Did I miss anybody? Um, Probably, but I need to bring I up... just don't want to li- miss anybody because I would feel bad. <sighs> okay. I'm opening up my... my I listened to App Slappy today, too. Hopefully you can too. remember it. Just met my favorites... Okay, Waffle On Anomaly. Mm-hmm. Oh, we forgot about our good friend Joe from uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. The Upper Memory Block podcast. And, by the way, the next issue of that podcast is covering my favorite game of all time back Space in the... Space Quest. Space Quest. Roger yes. Wilco, the whole series. I'm going to make a comment and send that in as well. Okay, now can I tell now, wait, my wait, 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 let me make sure I got it all. But while you look... Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan is also on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Our good friend... Wayne Henderson, media voiceover guy, who, by the way, does all sorts of fun things. He's a great guy. He's on Stitcher as well, not only with Fringe Casting, but also tuning in with Wayne Henderson, which is really good. And, of course, Tales from the Mouse House is on there, and I think I already said that. Did I get everybody? Okay, can I tell my little bit that I'm excited about? Well, okay. Okay, this has to do with podcasting, but it also has to do with Facebook, and one thing that I found that's really cool, for quite a while, um, Meds from England has had um, his podcast, The Waffle On, has had a feed on Facebook, or a, would you call it a feed? Uh, a page. Facebook page, and then I get notifications. But It's a um, group, like a, you a join group. a group. Yeah. So um, I was really excited um, because Anomaly has a group on Facebook now. And so does um, Trex and Sci-Fi. Trex and Sci-Fi. Yeah. So I get notifications from so does Joe both from of the them. Podcast. And I'm not totally sure how I started getting notifications if I click like it sometimes. No, or... no, no. They picked you. They chose oh, you to be in the group. Oh, I'm so honored. You were invited. So, um, so I'm. You know, that's kind of a fun thing because, um, though I've been a like member of Trex and Sci-Fi. I um only use my my iPhone to go to like websites and I just find that forums are kind of hard to follow on my iPhone. You don't see very much of the web page and stuff. So I like the fact that I can be in contact with the Trex and Sci-Fi people or Anomaly people mm. 
on my Facebook page. It's Very just cool. the easier format for me to read on my on my phone. Very cool. So so we have a do we have we have it taken with you? I don't know how to make it work right. Um, but page. you know what we have we have a group. I just have, I don't know how to do to work it. That's all. Oh well, we I'm should figure that right out now. because that's a lot of fun. Okay. Maybe Catherine would figure it out for us. <laughs> I could probably talk to Joe or to Rico or to Jen. Yeah. And they would probably tell me how to make it work. Because that's kind of a fun way to to get feedback from everybody. Yeah, keep people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Updated on our progress of what we're doing on the website yeah. and what we're doing in the podcast. So that was my techie thing wow, for this week because I was excited cool. that I could get Anomaly and Trex and Sci-Fi and stuff on, awesome. on Facebook. To And they, you know, post different articles and stuff that have come up. or Like we missed it because we were out in Westport getting Catherine, but evidently there was a... Uh, attempt by a private company to get to the um, space station today at one thirty. It was on the Trex and Sci-Fi. I think it was one thirty a.m. Oh, was it one thirty a.m.? I think so. So earlier this morning. No. So um, I don't know how that how that um, <laughs> turned out or not. If well, I didn't hear anything it. about explosions, so they probably got out okay. Yeah. Well, to okay. get there and back is the idea. I think. Yeah, I think so. Hold on. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant Golf Clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by jewelbeat.com. Wasn't that, that's so funny. I love that. Okay, everybody, it's time for our food for thought section here, our subject of the week. We've been going through different sections um, in the Bible, talking about different characters and stories and how they are relevant to us in today's society. 
because uh, we've noticed that there's there's a you know people have a knowledge of what the Bible has to say. I mean, some people do, some people don't. But um, how does that really relate to us? And sometimes it can be really confusing, and other times it can like what I can't even relate with this. What does this have to do with me? Mm-hmm. So we thought we would do a, a series called Sunday Cool where we go through some of the stories that maybe people were taught in Sunday school or heard about at one time or another and talk about how they're relevant to us today. And we try to do it in a non-religious way, right? Well, yeah, like instead of talking in King Jameth, we, we just talk in everyday English. Right oneth, Amyeth. Yeah. So be it itheth. I'm... I'm so happy that that uh, thy has has decided to help me with this. Okay, so I can't even talk that way. I just I hate that. Go. I hate it. Yeah. Is it bad to hate something? No. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's just it's not that King James is a bad language back when it was you know spoken, but it's just unless you're at a Shakespearean play, how dost protest? It, it's not really. It's, you know, antiquated English now. Ooh, nice word. Thank you. Antiquated. Archaic. Archaic and antiquated. Yeah. yeah. So so it's kind of nice to talk in contemporary English so that <coughs> we can understand. Yeah. And, you know, we many times on our podcast now, if you've listened for any time at all, we tend to cover just different subjects that are going on in the, on, in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally we'll take on like a mysteries of the Bible. <laughs> and uh, and we'll answer questions and things like that, which we love to do if you send us in a question. We pretty much guarantee we'll talk about it. If you send in a suggestion or a question, we mm-hmm. will cover it on the program because it's fun. So challenge us. Send us something. Throw it our way. And we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, of course, it's like gross or something. <laughs> okay. But so. uh, we, we like to do that. So so we kind of are going off of that a little bit mm-hmm. for this particular series because we're trying to cover a book of the Bible in context. And what we mean by that is, is um, you know, some people a lot of times, a lot of times you'll hear Christians uh, believers, people that tend to say they know the Bible, you'll hear them quote us one scripture, but you don't have any idea where that scripture came from or the story that it came from or what it was said for. So you don't get the context of the statement. So like somebody could say, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And, you know, they could use it completely out of context. And you're going, well, what does that surrender? Well, the, a lot of people don't know that what surrounds that particular passage of scripture mm-hmm. and how do you how do you relate to that you know and, and how does that work because if you really look at it Jesus had been talking with a Pharisee named Nicodemus and he was asking questions and Jesus was answering him and and he answered him in in really different ways than what you just pull out of context it was it was fascinating mm-hmm. and it really makes the bible come alive when we actually know or look at why it was said or how it was said and in the setting that it was presented mm-hmm. and so that's why we're covering some of these stories that you you might hear i mean most people know that ruth is a book in the bible or that ruth was a biblical character mm-hmm. but not many people know the story of ruth yeah 
And especially people that don't go to church or have not heard of, of this biblical account of Ruth, most people just well, think, well, she was a lady in the Bible, so what? Well, and I think a lot of times some of the, the accounts of women in the Bible aren't as widely known as, as for instance, King Solomon or King David or... or you know, a little bias going on, you think? Well, um, possibly, you know, it, in... Ancient times, you know, women weren't trained to read and write. They weren't given that privilege most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so the people you had writing down the stories were, you know, mostly men. Right. Probably 99.9999% of the history that's been written in ancient times is written by men. You know, men. Mm -hmm. So... I think a lot of and times... And that was a cultural thing, which, yeah. I mean, we really, in the United States of America, at least where we live, a lot of headway has been made as far as equality. But that's but really... There's, but it's still, there's still issues with it. That's really only been in the last, oh, like, yeah. 100 years because yeah. it, it wasn't uncommon. And more so in the last 20 years. Even, like, when Jane Austen r was writing books... Um, a lot of women published under pseudonyms of men's of names, men's names yeah. or just wrote, you know, like. Um, and I believe an hers initial. was Steve Austin. Didn't she write The Bionic, <laughs> Bionic Man? No. Oh. No. That's Jane. Jane Austen wasn't Steve Austin's wife? No. No, Jamie Summers. But was. It, was, it was considered scandalous for women to write, you know. and Right. So it was. Um, no pun intended. Why would there be a pun? I said right. Oh, okay. Sorry. It. It's okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, but what's so, our point here is that that women in the Bible are lesser known widely yeah. in the world than the men are, except for maybe Adam and Eve. I think just Eve's everyone well has heard of yeah. Eve. You know. Well, gets... and that has to do with the fact she was naked. That that really you know. Okay. <laughs> You you are such a man. Sorry. You're so funny. She just gets quiet. It goes quiet. Just like men. that. And it's really quiet now in this room because there's no sound. So it goes. Men. And all the sound just sucks out of the room. Say it with me, ladies. Men. Oh, you. So. If I said that, women, women, you get mad at me. <laughs> double standard, double standard. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the fact is that we're covering the book of Ruth. Yes. And we are now on chapter two. Mm -hmm. And what I did for for people, this is why it's a little bit different than we normally do. Uh, what I did is I went back into some archives that I had where I, I had recorded some of my sermons mm -hmm. uh, when I was pastoring a church. This in particular one, uh, the recorder didn't work. And we didn't get the sermon recorded from this. Mm -hmm. So I took my notes and I sat down uh, before I ever did a podcast and did a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to do is play that particular um, uh, conversation that I had with folks. Um, and it's all on chapter two of Ruth. I've edited out the parts that don't that don't pertain to uh, you as a podcast audience. And so you're going to get just basically my thoughts on chapter two of Ruth. And it's a really interesting, interesting what do you call it? Uh, perspective on it, and I call this one free refills, and and I equate 
what Ruth experiences in this particular chapter of Ruth, chapter 2, to positioning ourselves underneath the soda fountain at your favorite fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. And how sometimes people don't get up off the ta- off their back ends and go. They, it's available to them to get the free refills, but they don't go get it because they don't want to. They don't want to take the the time or the effort to get out of their seat, walk over, and position their cup underneath the fountain. And I talk about how that happens in life a lot of times to a lot of us. That there is a lot of blessing for us. There's a lot of cool things that we could really be doing and experiencing, but we don't position ourselves into place where we can get it. Yes. And it's available to us. We just don't put ourselves under the fountain. And so we talk about how we can do that and how life can be a whole lot better when we start to acknowledge, you know, where where are we supposed to be getting our refills from? So it's a really interesting passage of Scripture when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to take a look at now. And then we'll be back at the end to talk about it a little bit and introduce next week's subject. Cool. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Anything you want to say before we start it? No, but I think I have some comments after. Okay, here we go. You know, last time we talked about Ruth, we were talking about chapter one, and we learned some important lessons. If you recall, that's where Naomi... Um, had a husband named Elimelech, and they were living in the land of Moab, and Elimelech died. And uh, when he died, it was kind of a tragedy, of course. And then uh, she had two sons from Elimelech, and those were the Sick and Pining. Remember, their names were Sick and Pining. And uh, they, of course, passed away too, leaving Naomi, the the mother-in-law, Ruth, the daughter-in-law, and Orpah, the other daughter-in-law. And so there were three widows. And uh, remember, that was in chapter one. We found out that some tragedy had occurred with them. And we found out that bad things happen to good people. And, of course, that I mean, that's true about anything, but uh, it does. Bad things happen to good people, and it was a tragedy. But what was cool is that Naomi decided that she wasn't just going to stay in her little funk. She wasn't going to um, let her circumstances dictate what happened. She had heard via the grapevine, I don't know how it happened, but she heard that over in Bethlehem of Judah, which means praise, that there was some provision going on. So she doesn't sit on her back end. She actually gets up and says to the other ladies, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go back there. That's where I originally came from. So let's go back there and find the provision that we need because it's not working out where we're at here. So they all get up and they start to leave. And of course, she has the fortitude to say, we're going we're, we're going to leave the place of lack and go to the place of provision. That was in chapter one. And then, of course, they headed back. And, you know, the, how the story went in chapter one where uh, they were on their way. And uh, Naomi just looked at them both and said, look, you don't have to go with me. And kind of got a little argument. And Orpah finally kissed her and said, I'm out of here. I'm going back to my gods and my people. And Ruth, on the other hand, was a Klingon. And she clung right to Naomi and said, I'm sticking with you. No, I'm like glue on you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to stick with you, so you're not going to lose me. And so, of course, she didn't. And so Orpah went back to her people, and Naomi and Ruth headed to Bethlehem to the place of praise. And on their way, 
Um, they get into the town, and the people are all excited about seeing Naomi, and the women of the town go, wow, is this Naomi? Because they're so excited about having her back. Of course, she puts the big wet blanket on everything and says to everybody, um, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. And, of course, she was the party pooper. And uh, we don't know exactly what happened there, but we do remember the last verse that I read um, on chapter 1 was, and uh, they came into Bethlehem at the time of the barley harvest, the beginning of the barley harvest. And remember I said, gosh, what in the world was that all about? Because it just doesn't seem right. What it meant was God had brought them all the way through this tragedy. That he brought them all the way through it to get to the place of praise so that he could provide for them. And it was just the very beginning. And so that's where we're taking it up now. We're going to be in chapter 2 this week. So let's jump into Ruth chapter 2. In this chapter, what we're going to see is how God, in fact, provides miraculously for his children when they position themselves into a place to receive. So Ruth chapter 2, starting with verse 1. says, There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Now, Boaz means fleetness, or it was also the name of one of the pillars in the temple. We'll get to what that means a little bit later. Uh, So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him whose sight I may find favor. So right off the bat, Ruth recognizes an opportunity to be blessed. She wants to position herself in a place that she can find favor. See, there's no guarantees here, but the point I want to make is that she's willing to put herself in the place of being noticed. See, most people don't ever go that far. They're convinced themselves before that they'll never get what they're looking for, and they stop before they even start. I mean, how many of us have stopped before we even start? I know I've done that many, many times in my life. But see, good work ethic here is what Ruth has. She knows that if she, she'll go out there and do something cool, she's going to be noticed. If she goes out there and works hard, someone's going to notice her and someone's going to provide for her. Remember my very first job was at JCPenney. Well, actually, I worked at a little convenience store, but when I did work in a, a real shopping mall, boy, this was exciting. I worked at JCPenney, and I had a supervisor named Mike. And Mike told me when I first started there, he said, look it, Rick, if you will make yourself busy always keep working you'll you'll be promoted in this company if you'll work hard and not even when just I'm watching but just work hard all the time you will be promoted and I remember he told me man if it's dusty dust and if you if you don't have any customers arrange things if you don't can't arrange anything you got those all put together dust again D- make yourself productive and and you'll be promoted and that was very very true I got a lot of commission off of JC Penney working in the electronics department and it was a great job but I learned quickly that if you would work hard and have good work ethic then you of course would be promoted and Ruth understands this now, you remember back in years ago when they first started having it to where you could go into like a, a, a fast food restaurant and you would order a drink and you get your drink, and they just give you a cup because they had these soda fountains that you could go and just put your, you know, your cup under there, and the ice would fall in, and then, you know, go like that, and the and the pop would go into your cup, and you go and and you'd have your meal and you drink your drink. Well, in the early days of that, um, you actually couldn't. There was a little little sign that said no refills. So you only got one shot of that drink, you know. But then they found out pop is really cheap, and it doesn't cost very much to make. And nowadays, most anywhere you go, it's free refills. And I remember when it when I went and I saw the little sign that said free refills, I thought, that is awesome. But, you know, by the end of my meal, I'd forgotten that I could go get another drink. Now, see, originally when I had the cup, I had to go under, position it under the ice 
you know, dis, uh, dispenser and then put it underneath whatever flavor of soda I was going to get. And I'd position it under there and push that button and, and the cup would be filled. And how many of us as Christians fill our cup once, we get involved in our meal, we get thirsty, but we don't position ourselves back underneath the fountain to get that drink you know and and what that was the the thing they did that in the restaurants for is so that they didn't have to have somebody that took the time to serve you you served yourself and so you think about this in a spiritual sense many people are lazy as christians and they they want somebody to serve them all the time they don't want to go position themselves see god is always wanting to bless us and pour into us but we won't get underneath the fountain and I believe that Ruth understood this concept. She was in agreement with the concept of free refills. Anytime that she needed something, she could get underneath the spout that God wanted to bless her under, and she would be filled. And I think the same thing applies to us. Remember that story that uh, I've shared before about the guy that got the uh, that he was poor and he scrounged up the money to get on a uh, an ocean liner to take him over to a country, or, or I think he's coming to America. And he scraped up the money to get the ticket. He bought the ticket. He gets on the ship, and there's five or six days across the ocean. And and uh, he's looking inside at nighttime. He'd, he'd pull out a little crust of bread that he had in a sack, and he'd look through the windows, and he'd see all the guests inside, and they were eating this beautiful, wonderful banquet food and champagne and and uh, prime rib and all this wonderful food, and they were just and dancing, and they're just having a grand time in the dining room. And it was about, uh, I don't know, three or four hours before they were going to dock. You know, the whole trip had passed. And this guy looked like death warmed over. And he went to one of the passengers. And the passenger looked at him and said, hey, what's the deal? You look like you haven't eaten forever. And he goes, well, you know, I only scrounged enough money to buy a ticket for passage on this ship. And the uh, the other guest looked at him and said, well, didn't you know your entire, uh, that was all paid for with your ticket. You could have been in there eating this whole time. Oh, man, how many of us have done that? We're in the right place, but we're not in the right position. And that brings me to this point. It's possible to be in the right place, but not in the right position. Free refills. I, I believe God believes in that concept. <laughs> okay. Now, the word Boaz, uh, and remember, Boaz is the guy that owns the field, means swift and fast, a change of directions in the water, like in a fleet of ships, or a quick and swift course change. And Ruth knows that she's going to be in a place to be noticed by one who can swiftly change her circumstances. Now, how does Ruth get noticed? She does a few things. First and foremost, she shows initiative. It's a big word, initiative. She's willing to go to work and to take the lowest place. She doesn't come in with a big banner that says, Here I am, my name is Ruth, you should hire me. She doesn't come in with a shirt that says, Destined to be yours, Boaz. There's no, she doesn't do any of that. She comes in and she, is, she takes the lowest place, a gleaner in the field. That'd be like us doing dumpster diving for lunch today. And, and and being okay with that. At least we get some food and we can we can satisfy ourselves. But here, check it out. Ruth goes in with no agenda other than to work so that she can provide for Naomi and get some, some substance here when she does it. She's satisfied with coming in without a big, huge agenda. She's just going to come in and glean from the field. Now, see, here's a key uh, taking place here called servanthood. There, there's. It's not the place of power. In fact, letting God promote you, he, he won't promote you if you're going to let the power go to your head. See, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And here she comes without an agenda. She's just going to come in there and she's going to bless Naomi. And here's what Naomi says to her in, in, in the Bible. It says, and she said to her, 
Go, my daughter. So you can always tell if someone's for you when they celebrate your promotion and your recognition. A lot of times we're selfish and we can't bear to think that someone is going to have or going to find favor other than us. We're always thinking about ourselves. But Naomi loves Ruth and she wants the best for her. So she encourages her to move forward. And isn't that so true? I mean, sometimes we're so selfish. See, that's what it's about being in the family of God. We're a team. And when one person rejoices, we all rejoice. When one person hurts, that's when we need to cry with them. That's when we need to encourage them. And that's what it's like being on a team. And Naomi, she's on Ruth's team. And she's so excited. So she cheers her on. Go, my daughter, go. So verse 3. Then she left, and she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. So he came from praise. And he said to the reapers, Now the Lord be with you. Nice boss, kind of saying hi. And then they answered him. And obviously they liked him because they said, The Lord bless you. So he must have been a good boss to work for. Then Boaz said to his servants, um, who was in charge, or who was in charge of the reapers? Um, who is that young woman? Who is this? The, the young woman. Who is this? I think this is cool. <laughs> so the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, "It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab." And she said, "Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves." So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Now, this is really interesting. Boaz shows up. He's looking around, and he sees this lady who would normally be picking up garbage. And he's interested in her. And he asks one of the workers, You know, your rep- your reputation precedes you. And I want you to think about that for a minute. You know, what do people know you as? See, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Let another man's lips praise you and not your own. In other words, your actions speak louder than your words. See, actions always silence or feed the critics. See, what you do and how you do it speaks far more than what you say and proclaim. Her attitude is one of gratefulness just to be alive and allowed to glean. And if it were just that simple, I mean, proper perspective on our own lives is imperative for growth. She reminds me of the guy in Luke 14. Do you remember that story that Jesus um, shared with people about the guy that goes gets invited to this fancy place and he takes the place of honor and he's not supposed to? And then he, ha- he gets told to sit down into the lower place? Check this out. Uh, Luke 14, 7 says, So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you, and him come and say to you, Give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you'll have the glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and and um, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I actually had this happen to me one time. No kidding. You know, I, I used to run in this circle of a, a big group of pastors, and I was invited um, to this conference, and I was there with uh, with another uh, fellow pastor, and we were enjoying the conference, and then it came time for lunchtime, and everybody was going out for lunch. Well, 
my friend got invited to go back into the inner sanctum, you know, and in this particular church, pretty fancy place. Uh, they invited us back. They had to key code the the uh, lock and everything. They invited me to come back and eat lunch with a bunch of the uh, supposed dignitaries of this group. And I remember going back, kind of feeling awkward, going, I don't really belong in this. I'm not really comfortable with this. And anyway, they had to do something with me, so I was going to go eat lunch with them. So I went back there, and we came into this very beautiful, ornate room. Uh, it was like a library and had a big fancy conference table in it and, and all the silverware was real nice and the, you know, they had beautiful glasses and uh, they had a personal chef on staff at this church and he was coming around asking people for their orders for lunch. So I remember sitting down at the conference table. Uh, actually, my friend uh, said to me, hey, why don't we sit here? And I'm like, oh man, this is like right towards the head of the table. I'm really nervous about this. I don't know who's all going to be here. But he, we sat down anyway, and he says, no, fine, just sit down right here. So we sat down, and we began to um, you know, order our lunch and everything. And then as the room got full of people and people started sitting down, I realized that these folks were the, the people of, you know, that had churches, big churches, you know, like thousands of people in their church. And these were pastors from a lot of different places, and they were kind of you know, important and stuff. And I felt pretty awkward and out of place. And I'll never forget uh, when the head guy came in, he looked around, scanned the room, and he looked over. And I could tell he was worried. He had a funny look in his eye. And then he came over to me and he got down on one knee and he put his cupped his hand over over his mouth and he goes, um, Rick, um, you know, there's too many people for in the room here. I, I'm just, you know, this this lunch is for specific people that were invited. I'm going to have you, if you could, just get up and go over there in the corner and we'll bring your lunch over there. We We need to make room at the table for people that need to be here. Oh, man. I mean, I turned beet purple, not beet red, beet purple. I was so embarrassed. And, of course, what am I going to say? No, I'm going to eat right here, you know, whatever. No, I got up, took my stuff, and I went over and I sat in the corner. They served me my lunch, didn't even have a table to eat on. I had to eat from my lap. But that was pretty embarrassing. You know, there was a lot of of important people there, and it made me feel very small. So I've, I've actually experienced what that feels like. So, you know, God is looking at people that will take the humble place. And I know, you know, it probably wasn't an appropriate thing for them to do that to me and everything. And, you know, whatever, I forgive them. It's no big deal. But at least I understand how that feels now. So uh, so here we are. And uh, here, let's get back into verse 8. Boaz says to Ruth, you, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young man not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young man have drawn. So get this. Boaz takes a liking to Ruth. There's a certain amount of grace going on here. In fact, Boaz, much like Jesus in this case, calls Ruth not only to be faithful, but to be focused. Now you think about that for a moment. She could have gone to all these different fields and gone around to try and get what she wanted. But Boaz looks at her and says, look, just stick with me. Stick in this field here. I'll take care of you. These guys aren't going to mess you over. I'm, gonna, I'm telling them to be nice to you. Stick with the, with the folks that are working with me and glean here. Be faithful to this field. Look where you're at and, and glean from this field because you're, some provision is coming if you'll do that. And you watch what happens. This is really interesting. You know, it's easy to get excited about Jesus, but much harder to stay focused. And as a church, I think we're called to focus on loving God and loving others. Not loving God, evaluating other Christians and their ministries, complaining about what we don't have going for us and watching TV. That is not what we're called to do. We're called to be focused. And God has given us something to focus on. And we should do that. 
loving God and loving others. It's the place where our provision will be made whole. Now let me ask you a question. Have you been distracted? Are you looking at this field and that field and just because of maybe some shake up here, are you wondering, oh my gosh, where do I belong and how does this work? You know what? Focus. Don't be distracted. The provision is here, but you got to stick in there for the harvest. So this is a great thing that she does. In verse 10, she, she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and she said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes? that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? That's a great question. And she has a great reaction. I mean, when you finally realize the grace that God has given you, doesn't it make you so thankful? Don't you just want to fall on your face and say, God, thank you. Why well, I don't deserve this. Why are you even doing this for me? And God says, because I love you. So Boaz is, is doing some amazing things. I mean, are we being thankful? Grace really is amazing. It's not just a catchphrase. And we, should, we shouldn't be taking it for granted. I'm so thankful that Jesus would love me, even after he knows my innermost being. See, without Christ, I am a sick person with sin. I'm awful. But with Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know that it's by grace that I stand saved, not because of anything I've worked up. It's all 100% Jesus. I simply have acknowledged him. And in my opinion, we should spend more time at his feet, bowed to the ground, thanking him for the favor he's shown upon us. After all, we're all foreigners. God has adopted us into his family, and how grateful should we be? Ruth does the right thing. She falls down, bows down to him, and says, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you would take notice of me, a foreigner? Now, here's what he answers. Let's see what he says. Verse 11. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth, and you've come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Oh my goodness, that is so rich. Isn't that good? <laughs> this is so cool. Here it is. Somebody else has told Boaz about what Ruth has done. Ruth has given up all sorts of things. And Boaz notices Ruth for her reputation. Number one, she did what was unselfish for someone else. She stuck in there, even though she could have gone back to her people, had babies, done whatever, and been provided for, served other gods. She decided to be a Klingon and stick with Naomi. She did that unselfishly. Now let's take a look at uh, number two. She forsook the familiar to find provision. You think about that for a moment. She forsook everything that was familiar to her to find provision. I mean, she left her own land to come and find what God wanted for her. And I think that is absolutely awesome. And then number three, she risked being uncomfortable socially for the sake of following God. I mean, she gave up her friends. It was uncomfortable. People thought she was a freak. What in the world are you doing, Ruth? Why don't you just go back to Moab? It's a good place. You'll find somebody to marry and all this stuff. But she risked being uncomfortable socially for the sake of following God. You might as well just face it right now. If, if you're a Christian today, you people, if you, they know you're a Christian, they think you're kind of weird anyway. Just because being a Christian, it, I mean, it may be popular in some places, but it's not so popular. I mean, serving God is not really the most popular thing in the world. It, I mean, it takes some sacrifice. 
And sometimes we look a little bit weird. But you know what? Risk being uncomfortable socially for the sake of following God because he's just about to come through for Ruth in a way that she's never seen before. Verse 13. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. And I just think that's so cool. She recognizes the grace of God upon her life. Reminds me of that scripture that says, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God loves it when we acknowledge him. And I just love that. You know, there's a comfort about knowing that God is going to take care of you. I just think that's so cool. Verse 14. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. Now this is kind of cool. Not only is she available for God to do what she's supposed to do, be provided for, but now she gets extra for later. See, she's out there and and Boaz says to her, hey, don't pick up the garbage anymore. Come on over here and eat at my table. That is pretty amazing. And that, what a type and shadow that is of Jesus. He sees us in our own sin when we were picking up garbage in the dung heap. And he sees us and he pulls us to himself and he says, sit at my table. Let me feed you. Have all that you can eat and take some for later. That is an amazing type and shadow. Ruth could have stayed home and begged on the street and got a little bit. But she decided to show initiative. She went into the field. She was noticed then she's eating at the at the master's table, and not only is she eating good, she gets to take home the leftovers in a doggy bag. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She made herself available. It would have never happened if she wasn't there. Verse 15. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young man, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. (laughs) I love this. This is so cool. Boaz has such grace upon Ruth's life. You know, he goes to his workers. He says, you know, hey, guys, let her come up. Instead of being in the back and just picking up the leftovers, let her come up right where you guys are at. So as soon as you drop it, she can have it. And then, hey, once in a while, could you do me a favor and just kind of drop one of those big bags of stuff you're working on and just drop it right there so she finds it. (laughs) I just think that's so cool. And he's, I mean, he's blessing her on purpose. And he's having his, his uh, workers do that too, which is really, really cool. So, all right, here's Ruth. She showed initiative. She got in the place that she needed to be for provision. And now Boaz notices her. He inquires about her. He speaks to her. He eats with her. But now he shows massive favor to her. It's like the grace of God upon Ruth's life. You know, we can only do so much out of love for God. We're humans and we make mistakes. But the grace of God is upon us because he loves us, not because we deserve it. So there's some major unmerited favor going on here. But Ruth is in the place and she's available. Verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah, which is about 5.5 gallons of barley. Then she took it up and she went into the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. 
So this is so cool. Here's Ruth. She brings in with her. Now, you notice that she brings in with her some unprocessed barley. All she's done is is uh, taken the stalks off and everything. So she has the heads of, of the grain and everything. And she brings five and a half gallons of it. That's pretty cool. That's a, quite a bit, actually. That wouldn't have been... That was more than you would typically glean. And... And then not only does she have that, but she has some of that cooked kind that she had at lunch. Remember, she saved, she took a doggy bag with her. So she brings that back to Naomi. Here it is. Ruth is not selfish. She shares with Naomi. Again, we see a selfless person who's been in the right place at the right time. God wants us to be that way. I mean, isn't it all about being under the fountain for just us? No, it's for us and others. Prosperity preaching is right on when it involves the element of giving. You know, some people have gone way off the deep end and way off track by naming it and claiming it just for themselves. And, and the whole reason that God wants to bless us is to bless others. God wants us to be in the place of provision so that we can be providers too. Look, and I know people that have named it and claimed it and done all that and just thought they were the best thing that ever happened and got lots and lots of money and possessions and all those sorts of different things. And at first they gave it away, but then it got to them. It corrupted them. And then all of a sudden they, did, they didn't give it away anymore. They just started using it on themselves. And, you know, ultimately that is just a bummer when that happens. I've seen that happen. But you know what? On the other hand, I know some people, I know many people that have, have received thousands and thousands of dollars and have given thousands and thousands of dollars not just money but possessions and time and talent and things i'm telling you those are the most rich people that i know they may not have a huge bank account but the reason is because they give it all away i know i'm just talking to somebody today that uh their goal is to give 90 percent of their income to jesus Ten, live on 10%. I mean, that is such a cool goal. After all, I mean, the Bible is, is so is so rich and full of giving. And, and I mean, Amy and I would love to be able to do that, is to give most of our money away and be able to live on the, a smaller amount. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be so cool to be able to bless missionaries and different people and, and be able to pay people's bills and buy groceries for people and be, you know, be available when the need arises to help people? I would love to be able to do that. I know people that do that already. And that's what it's all about. The only reason that we're supposed to get is so that we can give and you know you've heard the old adage the water boy never goes thirsty so i mean when we are giving to different people god always takes care of our own needs in fact i guarantee you if you concern yourself about meeting other people's needs god will always meet your needs if you're doing it in his will okay verse 19 and her mother-in-law said to her where have you gleaned today? And and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. Because she's looking at all this five and a half gallons of barley. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I've worked today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness in the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabite said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. See, it wasn't a one-time shot. This was sustained provision now. This wasn't just go out one day and get a few things out of the field and bring it back. Now, Ruth was in the position of being sustained and provision coming in on a regular basis. 
Verse 22. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with this with his young women, and the people do not meet you in any other field. So Naomi rejoices over who Ruth is associating with. Hope starts to fill her heart again. Provisions being made. And it's just the beginning. All the fears that Naomi had about losing it, about going under, about dying before she saw provision, was being proved wrong. See, God was blessing Ruth because of her faithfulness and, of course, grace from Boaz, unmerited favor. Verse 23. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. How cool is that? You see what happened? She stays close with the people of Boaz. She sticks close there. And not only does she do the barley harvest, but then she does the wheat harvest as well, which is just amazing. See, Ruth is determined to stay focused to surround herself with successful people and to honor her family and those are all admirable traits that god is pointing out to us today listen this is how i want to pray this morning if you would just for a moment just just for a moment in time i want you to think about a, a few areas of your own life let's do this let's pray this morning this way let's number one show initiative can we pray and just show initiative, ask God to help you to show initiative? In other words, think before and look at the different ways. You know, don't be lazy. Don't give up. And just let's, let's ask God to show us initiative. And then let's ask God to help us have a good work ethic so that we can work hard for him. And let's check our motives and make sure we're doing it for the right reasons. And let's, let's ask God to get us in position so our cup can be filled to overflowing. And then let's above all stay focused let's not look at this field let's not look at that field let's look at the field that's right in front of us that god wants us to work on and let's go forward can we stay focused on that would you pray with me right now father we worship you and we thank you lord for this message today god that that you would speak to us from a from a story that's thousands of years old that would speak to us right where we're at today and prophetically it would be speaking to our hearts God, first of all, we pray that you would help us to show initiative. We want to be people that anticipate and, and go forward with your every move. That's what we want. That's what I want. And God, would you help me and help us to work hard? Help us to work hard, to really get in there and, and not worry about our agenda or anything else, but just work hard so that you will notice us, so that you will take take care of us so that that we can we can say that we've done a good job because you're watching god and then lord would you check our motives and help us lord help us to not be selfish of what we get that but what we want to share with others that our motives would be to be be have provisions so that we can share in this in this harvest and then lord would you help us to be in position God, just like that soda, just like that cup to be underneath that soda fountain. God, would you put us right under there so that we can receive from you what you want from us? God, we, wa we want you to pour into us that we might be able to pour out to others. So help us get in the right position. It's not enough, Lord, for us to be in the right place. We want to be in the right position so we can receive. And then last but not least, God, we pray today that you would help us to stay focused God, don't get us looking here in that room or, or this room or going here or there. But Lord, help us stay focused in the field that you have us in and do all that you've called us to do. That's our prayer, God. And we worship you and we thank you, Lord, for doing that in our heart today. In Jesus' name.
Okay, there you go. That was a message that I uh, that I spoke. Gosh, was it four or five years ago now? It's been quite a while, mm-hmm. but it was very relevant for the time for the group of people that I was speaking to. But I think it was pretty relevant today to, for some of you that were listening. And perhaps it helped you to kind of go, wow, you know, I probably can get in that position to, you know, see some good things going on in my life and, and move forward with my life. Yes, dear? She's on the podcast. What do you need for podcasting, Catherine? Okay, well, um, you can either pause this or you can find out what Catherine needs. Well, how about if we go and next week we're going to be uh, covering Chapter 3 of Ruth. And um, I call next week um, Cold Feet. Where are you going? Catherine needed me. Well, you can talk for a minute. I told you to pause it. You know you didn't. You said you could pause it. I said I don't want to pause it. I guess Amy's going, see you later. Well, anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, If you have any questions at all, we'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is write to us at rick at takehimwithyou.com or amy at takehimwithyou.com. We like emails. They're very cool. You can also visit our website at www.takehimwithyou.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash rick.moyer and facebook.com slash amy.moyer. We like to hear from you there. We're on Stitcher uh, Smart Radio, so you can do that as well. And uh, you can find us all over the place. Just type in a search engine on Google, Rick and Amy Moyer, or Take Him With You podcast, and you will find all of our fun and happy links. So thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate everybody that listens and participates and comments. And we really appreciate, too, those of you that help support the podcast by uh, helping us out. Just the other day, I registered one of our domains with a donation that came in that was very cool and um, you know there's stuff all the time that that we uh, take the money that comes in and we use it for household expenses and all that jazz too so it's quite quite cool of everyone who who uh, helps support us it's very very cool thank you very much we're very thankful for that okay uh, let me see oh yeah yeah i'm supposed to say this take him with you oh no wait a minute i've got a new one that jen did for us and i'll play that take it away jen Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and autoexec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time, but more importantly we're going to focus on what made each game special interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes.
Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. So after our great friends Rick and Amy have enlightened you on their awesome podcast, Take Him With You, why not give us a listen? You'll be happy you did. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a Mickey, Mickey Day. day.